Andy does love some Andy. It's like you're inside of my head. <laughs> what is your fascination with Peterson? Welcome to the Trade Secrets Podcast. Dear future me, <laughs> don't go to the courthouse. The Katie's moral a- of the story is don't leave your martial arts equipment and your other coat in a parallel dimension. Comic book talk by comic book geeks just like you. <laughs> I'm Andy and I like every comic that's ever been made. I would not go to Jonathan Frake's booth because I would get space herpes. Not what I expected at I all. I like to keep you guessing. That's, that's, that's good artmanship or <laughs> workmanship artman god damn it it's a new word yes invented art- here now i'm artman i'm part of history <laughs> hey everybody this is uh luke and joel for the trade secrets podcast and we are here at emerald city comic-con on day three talking to curtis j weeb uh writer weeb or weeby i'm weeb weeb thank weeb. you yeah, you're right right the first time yeah, yeah sweet and then i went and put my foot in my mouth so um, i'll forgive you this time <laughs> Uh, we are going to talk a little bit about uh, some of your projects coming up and uh, a little bit about Green Wake, a little bit about Intrepid, some Peter Panzerfaust, uh, a few other things. So uh, first off, uh, how's, how's your time here in the Pacific Northwest been? It's been great. I, uh, the con is always an experience where it's like um, it, it's, you're working pretty much 24 hours a day throughout the three days. You, the only time you're not is when you have an, a nap or when you sleep at the <laughs> yep, end of the night. Yep. But, you know, you're out late and you're... Half the con is just being outside of the con, you know, yeah. where you're talking to people or, you know, talking to editors, talking to other creators and just get to know people. Uh, that's the part that I really enjoy. The, the the actual con itself has been good, too. I've had people come up and get my, their stuff signed that I've written. That's always cool to see them pull out a stack. And it's kind of a reminder, oh, yeah, I guess I have written that many <laughs> things. That's pretty cool. So I guess I wanted to start off by uh, finding out a little bit about Green Wake and kind of what what happened there. Um, th- sure. We won't we won't focus too much on that clearly. <laughs> but um, uh, so I guess the, the the biggest question that I had about Green Wake it just ended uh, recently, um, and I, I was always wondering how fast did that decision come up? Like, and how fast did you have? <laughs> yeah. Like, how much were you able to put into the end of that book and right. actually like make it close it up? Well, we. We not a lot. There was really? not a lot of room. We we got the email from Jim Valentine. Well, I'm trying to say this everywhere I go that um, we didn't. It wasn't canceled. It was a choice that Riley and I made uh, be- simply because we could not financially float it anymore. Okay. You know, it, it was it, every month Riley would do an issue. Like it would take him a full month of work to get it done. There's there has to be money coming in. Like, sure. There has to be enough that he can at least pay his bills. And it just wasn't happening. So Jim sent us the email uh, when we got the numbers for. I think it was the, I think it was a pre-order for number nine, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean we'd already finished it at that point, and we just we we knew we couldn't do it anymore. When we saw those numbers, we were really hoping that, you know, with the next arc, with things would pick up. We've been doing a bunch of promotion on different websites, and it just didn't work. So uh, nine was written, nine was done, and then. Riley and I had a very long conversation mm-hmm. over Skype about what we were going to do and what the future of the book was. And we had a few options. One was put it on hiatus, end it at 10 as normal, and then just put it on hiatus, maybe come back to it in six months. But, I mean, the reality is you're not going to gain followers by not doing it. Right. Um, I mean, it's weird. The book has kind of started gaining a weird cult <laughs> traction now. And, you know, it's fun. it's just the timing. You know, at the end of 2011 in December when we decided to make that, that choice – 
all of a sudden we got on all these lists like best you know series, best writer, best artist, and it started showing up everywhere. And it's like now people are starting to hear about it, but you know it's too late. But anyway, so we we made the decision, and uh, I, I we we went with you know what we know we may never be able to come back to this, and we promised from day one that we'd give all the answers, and. So I asked Jim uh, Valentino Chatelain, can you give me an extra six pages to wrap up 15 issues? <laughs> and uh, he's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, well, you know, we won't we'll pull all the ads. We'll just get you right front to back. We'll get you the pages you need. So I literally had planned a much different book for number 10. Yeah. But I had to, I really had to wrap up 15 issues of story in that issue. So wow. I was really happy with it. I, I mean, I, I, I feel like I got, the important part for me was the emotional end. Yeah. That, that everyone that I've been introducing got at least some closure um, we never got to explore everything. You know, the next arc was going to all be about Krieger mm. and uh, what his background was. And the whole thing with Esther and those children was going to be, a, it was going to be like a three arc thing. And the wow. next arc was all about this big civil war that was going to break out. It was, it was totally. How gonna, long was it originally going to be? Uh, I had, I had planned 25 oh, issues. Wow, okay. Yeah. So we ended on 10, but that's, you know, that's just how it happened. So I didn't have a lot of space to, to wrap it up, but you know, it was good. I, I'm happy. With that's good. It. That's good. I uh, I just actually just started reading the Intrepids on a on oh, okay a, yeah one of my one of my buddies is a huge fan uh, Andy the one of the other guys on the show yeah um, and I know he just read it and yeah. and I'm uh, I'm really enjoying it so far thank you is that something like like he said just before the show that what is like a one and done thing is there any is there any chance that you might revisit that universe and do another another miniseries or anything well. I mean, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. The series wasn't very popular. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, I mean, it got good reviews. The people that read it, you know, and uh, have enjoyed it. I mean, there's been a few bad reviews, but all books get that, you know. But it just, yeah, like it was. It did not sell very well. Um, and so, I mean, if if for some reason the trade does really well, and all of a sudden there's people like asking for more, then maybe. But it wouldn't be with Scott. Scott is. Uh, He's booked up by Oni. Okay. I, I think I've heard I've heard up to 2014. So, wow. Yeah, like they've got him working on a bunch of books, so they've got him locked up solid. So, I mean, if Scott's open to me getting another artist on it, and and maybe we'll see. Yeah. But right now, it's I've got a lot of other projects that you know they're new. So, and I I have a little bit of traction now from my other books that mm-hmm. you know they'll do hopefully do a bit better. <laughs> hey, segue. Yeah. How does how, what are some of those new projects that you're working on? I. I know uh, Peter Panzerfaust just started, right? Yeah, uh, Peter Panzerfaust started in February, and that's been going really sweet. Um, you know, we went into it with a bit of trepidation after, I mean, after Green Wake, I was a little, mm-hmm. I was wounded, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, understandably so, so. Yeah, I was, whoa, that was in stereo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I was a little uh, anxious going into it, and, um, but it just, it, for whatever reason, it just, everyone started talking about it when it came out, and it did really well, and. So when we went into it, Jim just said, look, you know, I know you have a very long-term plan for this story. He's like, but be ready for just five issues. Okay. So issue one sold out. Issue two sold out, which happened with Green Wake, too. Both of our, our uh, first issues sold out. But our numbers for number three dropped, like, in half uh, wow. for Green Wakes, and they never recovered. Uh, but for Peter Panzerfaust, our first two issues have sold out, and our orders for number three have gone up by 1,000. So that's, awesome. that's healthy. You know, As long as we can keep that traction or maintain that number, we can do it. So yeah. that one's going to be, the plan is between 25 and 30. I'm not completely 100% on that yet. Pro- okay. I, probably in that range somewhere. Really what, we, what the plan is, is every, we're going to do it in arcs, obviously. So every five issues is going to be a succinct story. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're advancing the plot, obviously, every time. But uh, at the beginning of every issue, there's an interview and there's 
you notice that it's kind of the same character, at least for issues one and two so far. But the first five issues are all being the interviewed is uh, Gilbert Toodles. Okay. And the next arc, it's going to be somebody else, and he's going to bring he or she is going to bring their own slant on the story. Hmm. And so we've got we got story ideas for at least five. So that's why I'm, it's either twenty five or thirty. It really depends. Like we can. The nice thing is, is that. We can if it's if we see the numbers are starting to go down, or if we see they're going up, then we can adjust it and say, "Well, we can add in another person." And we've mm-hmm. got some ideas that we won't use unless it's doing really, really well, but could bring a really interesting five-issue arc. Like maybe we interview one of the villains of the story. We'll we'll see. <laughs> Um, one of the books that, that has got me intrigued uh, hearing about it is Grim Leaper. Oh, sweet! Yeah. Uh, just because it's hearing you pimp it as a as a as a horror rom com like. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm very curious. Everyone's how that's waiting gonna, for it. Everyone's uh, been yes. waiting for the horror romantic comedy of the year. Yeah. How, when does it? When when does that come out? And can you can you give us a little info? Like, because I'm very curious what that, exactly that means. Uh, it's coming out May 30th, and um, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I guess the tagline of the series it's a love story to die for, <laughs> and uh, basically what this, the concept is is the the main character Lou Collins. He at the beginning of the story you find out that he's had this curse that he always dies in re- like just ridiculous ways like final destination style deaths yeah okay um and then he wakes up in the body of a stranger kind of like it's a bit like quantum leap in that way but he has no control over it he's not there to help them or make their life any better he's just there to get them killed <laughs> and no matter what he does he just always keeps getting killed in horrible ways and so the beginning of the first issue he's been doing this for a while and he's in his 13th body it's he's used to it and He's just using it to try to pick up chicks, you know. He doesn't want any consequences. Like, you know what, I'm not going to be in this body long. I don't care what I do to it. And uh, then, nice. you know, early on into the issue, he, uh, or late, uh, basically near the end of the first issue, uh, he's having a drink in a bar, and he sees this girl walking by, and this, this car blows past her, and the hubcap comes off and almost takes her head off. And he just sees in the way that she reacts that uh, she's also got the curse and so oh, nice. they go for drinks and the whole book is about them dating while they're each being horribly killed <laughs> that's so do they find each other after they die and then come back yeah i mean that, that's that's part of the story there's a bit of a uh their jumps that you know when they jump into bodies they start to become intertwined and that and that's the thing like he there's this kind of weirdness about the curse that it was always just very random yeah. but he starts to see a pattern in the in the jumps and how they're intertwining so it's kind of like this destined love thing you know the soulmate, and I, I'm, it's kind of a parody of the soulmate idea. Yeah, yeah, well, that's awesome. That now I'm even more intrigued. Now, <laughs> now I want to read that and a lot. The art, the art is is amazing. Alicio Santos, he's this this amazingly talented guy in Brazil, and I met him through um, when Greenway was extended last year. Uh, Riley wasn't sure if he could commit to it, so we were looking for artists to maybe take over. And, and Alicio was like on the top of the list, mm-hmm. and I'd always wanted to work with him on something since then because it was so good and. He just like his characterization is is I mean when, when you see the art you'll you'll know exactly what I'm talking about it's very it's reality based but he almost does like a, a cartoony uh, expressions okay and so it's it's so funny like the book isn't funny because of me it's funny because of the the, the <laughs> amazing reactions he gets in people's faces you know is it easy to work with somebody like uh, I've known a, I've noticed a lot of series recently with uh, artists from Brazil or, or yeah. South American countries and is is that how how does that kind of a working relationship work? It's it's fine, uh, yeah. you know. It, it generally because like we we just keep in contact through email. Sure. Um, and I mean sometimes you do have a language barrier okay. with the scripting, but it's not that's not a problem with Alicio. He he's totally fluent in English and he can fully understand my scripts. In fact, he he really brings a lot of his own kind of interpretation into what I'm doing with the script, and it's it's pretty awesome to see. So yeah, it's not even not even an issue. And and there's a lot of really talented people in South America that 
are just comic nuts. Like yeah. if yeah. you go to DeviantArt, there's so many these guys that are just posting stuff on their blog or on their DeviantArt, and it's just like out there in this sea of art. But they're so good. They're like they're yeah. just way better than everyone else out there. Yeah. I was uh, I was following uh, I follow CB Sabolsky on on Twitter, and yeah. he, he had done a trip recently down to South America and was constantly tweeting stuff that he was seeing, and it was just amazing I know and these are just these are just guys that are just kind of coming out of nowhere and yep. like by the way here's all this amazing yeah. professional <laughs> art you <laughs> this know? is what you've been missing out on <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, the last book I was wanted to inquire about of course is, is Debris yeah um, uh, you're doing that with Riley again right that's and, correct uh, yeah basically when Riley and it was the same conversation we decided to end the series of Green Lake we, mm-hmm. we didn't want to lose we didn't want to lose working that opportunity to work together so it's a pretty funny story, actually. Riley, uh, for actually for the art book for the this con, uh, he had done this this pinup. It was the Monsters and Dames uh, pinup book, yeah, right? Yeah. And he has a piece in there, and it's basically uh, this this kind of you know sexy chick uh, sitting on top of this like dragon made of airplane parts. Okay. And nice. uh, anyway, you can check it out. It's really cool. And so he's like, "Hey, I just did this for Emerald City. You know, maybe we can do some kind of story with it." And uh, so yeah, I ch- I he emailed it to me. He's like, "What do you think?" And I, I loved it. It was beautiful. And it was very different than, than what I'd seen him do before, like mm-hmm. very different. And so I just wrote up a paragraph. I thought, yeah, like maybe we'll just send this to Jim Valentino, see what he thinks. Maybe he'll like it, maybe he won't. Sent him a paragraph, just temporary title, and uh, sent it with the art and said, you know, what do you think? Do you think we, this would be a story you'd be interested in? He's like, yeah, we'll do that one in July. <laughs> I was like, no, no, <laughs> nice. no. Yeah, I was like, no, it's, it's not ready. I'm just, I want you to know this is what we're thinking. He's like, yeah, no, that's fine. We'll do that one in July. So... Jim's been super on board for this this book since day one, and um, I, it's going to surprise a lot of people. I, it's it's not only just like an experiment for me. It's it's Riley is doing some really new stuff with it, and we mm-hmm. have we have Owen Gianni who uh, he's the artist on Evangeline. Okay. Uh, he's doing the coloring for us, and it's like this very European, super bright, super colorful, uh, really rich colors and. Uh, on Riley's stuff, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen that done before. Yeah. His stuff is always very dark, and, and, and um, one of the problems that people have with coloring his stuff is that he's, he uses such heavy lines and really mm-hmm. heavy ink, so it, the color gets muddled a lot of the time because it's so dark already. But uh, oh, he's basically cleaned up his line work a bit, and then this this bright color, people aren't going to recognize it. But you will. You'll know it's Riley, but it's like, whoa, he, he's doing something very new with this project. So, and, he, and he's not doing it for anything else. He's like, no, I'm just doing this for debris. Oh, nice. So it's something they're going to get some very unique stuff from him on it. Um, but the premise of the story is, uh, it's, it's, I like to think it's kind of inspired by Princess Mononoke, but it's a post-apocalyptic story set in the far future where humanity has completely destroyed the earth. They've covered it in garbage, and every, the plants and animals are all, are all dying, and there's one tribe of humanity left. And uh, basically, though, the spirits of Earth have returned to make sure that we go away permanently. But the only way that they can do that is to take a physical form because they're spirits. So they take bodies out of the garbage from the landscape. So there's basically like junk dragons and, yeah. and junk monsters. They're just made of like uh, airplane parts and, and truck parts. And so Riley gets to be really creative with the monster designs because he's just piecing junk together truck you know, a giant snake with a truck head and yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. So anyway, so the, the main character is Maya. She's kind of the protector of the last tribe. And in the first issue, uh, one of these giant creatures destroys their water supply, and that basically means death for them. Like, there's no hope at that point. And she goes on a quest to find this mythical last source of pure water in the world. And it's kind of like a Lord of the Rings questing-style adventure story. Man, you're, you're, you, you, keep, you keep talking about things that 
I want to read. So. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> so. seriously. I mean, post-apocalyptic and also the, you know, the earth, the earth spirits are coming back and trying to take out, you know, the last of humanity. It's like, you guys aren't worthy anymore. We're going <laughs> to yeah. take you, you out. You have done this to us and it's time to be gone. Yeah. Yeah. No <laughs> doubt. So I know this is a, a little bit of a cliche question, but it's one that always interests me when I'm talking to a writer is how how you got into writing in the first place and how you yeah. how you ended up working your way into the comic book industry um, because and I've gotten a wide array of responses like some people were very focused on that and were headed yeah. that way some people it was a complete you know left turn in their life yeah. and I'm kind of curious how you got into it uh, I've been doing this on the side for probably six years just. Uh, my first published work was in uh, 2009 with Red Five Comics, the guys who do Atomic Robo. Oh yeah, uh, it was this t- title that no one ever heard of or no one actually bought. That was called Beautiful Creatures, and uh, that was my first in. I mean, that was a kind of a friend of a friend thing, and mm-hmm. just kind of a connection thing that worked out. And um, I basically had a dry spell for about a year and a half, and I came to Emerald City Comic Con 2010. And I said, this is it. This is my last go. If nothing happens out of this, I'm done. I'll, I'll write for myself, but I'm not, I'm not putting another five years into this. Sure. And so I came here to pitch uh, Intrepids, which at the time was called Rat Bastards. Um, and uh, we pitched it. And then two months later, we got the email back from Image, and they were like, yeah, we want to do this. So, you know, it was, it was just, I just didn't give up for a lot of it. I mean, I mm-hmm. almost did a few times because it was it's so frustrating just trying to get make people yeah. care about what you're doing. But, um, yeah, it was... It was five years of really, I don't know, busting my ass to get my name out there, and and I, I feel like this year I've, I've, I guess I've been trying to solidify that you know I am doing this as as a this is my future, and uh-huh. I I mean I've been putting I mean we've talked about a few of the books, but like by by June I'll have put out five series in just over a year, and it's it's hard work, but I mean hopefully that will pay off. People see that I'm I'm really working hard, and I really I really care about it, you know. Yeah. And it also builds up your portfolio too. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And, and well, and isn't isn't the old adage true? You know, you you do something you love, and you never work a day in your life, kind of thing. So, <laughs> well, well yes, sort and of. No. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I mean, it is. It is definitely like yeah. it's. How, I'm never going to complain about this, but you know, it's it's stressful because I still, you know, I I, I do comics on the side. It's a half time thing for me, and then I freelance to make my income so that I mean comics I'm not going to lie I don't make make money on it really you know yeah. I'll be lucky if I see you know $500 for an issue and I, I can't live on that I own a house I have bills to pay and, <laughs> yeah, absolutely yeah so you know I still freelance on the side and um, but it is great I mean it has its stressful times it's I, I think the biggest part of the job isn't the writing it's it's like the marketing and especially oh, yeah. with creator own you're you're doing so many interviews and you're you're just trying to get the word out about your book and I think I spend probably 80% of my time doing that, just Twitter or Facebook or lining up interviews and stuff like that. It's so time-consuming. <laughs> oh, totally. But I love it. I love it. I mean, this is these things, I love sitting down and talking podcasts, and it's great. I mean, how can you complain about talking about comics? Yeah, no, no kidding. No, not at all. Okay, okay so how do you I, – I know that since this is your artwork and this is something that you put your heart and your soul into – how does it feel when when stuff doesn't turn out like like Green Wake where right. it's like okay this this is gonna have to end? How do you not take that personally and like? Well, you know it's 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 a fr- it's frustrating for sure. I mean we it, w- it was actually you know what I think it would have been easier to take if the book got terrible reviews. Like if everyone was like this book is garbage. Why yeah. is it, why is anyone buying it? I'd be like okay like it's we have we didn't do a good job. We we deserve to not get any more comics. You know right. we need to do better next time. But we re- we got good reviews and we were on so many lists of just people were praising the book and creators were praising the book and it's like 
and why can't we sell this thing? And um, so it's frustrating. But you know, I've said in a few interviews about Green Wake that it, it, it was kind of becoming difficult to write because I wrote I wrote Green Wake when I was, I was in a pretty bad place. I mean, it's pretty obvious that you know it's it's a dark book and it's based on some of my own experiences and I wasn't there anymore. You know, I, life has been really good. I've been having, <laughs> I'm having a great time, you know? Yeah. So it's hard to, you know, to be like, Oh yeah, today's great. And then all of a sudden you're just like, okay, I got to go write this really horrible thing right now. And yeah. so, I mean, the timing was right. And, and you know, it, I, I was glad to move on. Um, okay. Um, I have, I have one more question. Oh, go right now. ahead. So where do you get your inspiration or your muse from? Like, where do you get all these ideas from uh, is it just from like everyday life you see something happen like okay i can do something from that it's it's so random you know like like i said green wake was based on uh, uh, my marriage breaking up um you know so I, I fused a lot of what i was going through with that and uh grim leaper came about from watching quantum leap and basically like wouldn't it be cooler if he just got killed every episode rather than helping people and then that just came into a story yeah um so it's really just like random things you know uh intrepids was pretty influenced by um, I was just kind of thinking about family and how, and how do we measure family? What is it? Is it our blood? Is it? Is it who we grow up with? Like how do we measure that? And so, Trepids, that was the underlying theme for that. And yeah, um, okay. but that. yeah, it's 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 totally all over the place. I can't really pinpoint one one thing or another. Yeah. I think like, uh, as an extension of that question, I, I've always been curious. Like. Um, I was told once uh, that the ideas are the easy part because they'll pop into your head all the damn time. Yeah. How do you pick which ones you you want to develop? Like, I, I think it's like, you, okay, I mean, yeah, you're right. You get thousands and thousands of ideas. And yeah. then I think it really comes down to when you sit down to, like, flesh it out. I, I always judge it by, like, if I write up a page just about the idea or as I'm thinking about it, more and more ideas start tumbling out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a keeper. But if I'm like, I have this basic idea and then I'm like sitting down and looking at the screen or I'm trying to think of like a cool way to spin it and it just dies there, I just throw yeah. that one out. And maybe, or maybe just save it for later and something else might come out of it. But yeah, in general, I just, I, I know it's just like this sense of like, yes, this, I could just keep building and building on this. Okay. Has there ever been an idea? Like, I know this has happened to me. Have you ever had one of those ideas where you wrote it down and it fizzled and there's nothing to it? And then like years later you pick it up and you're like, Huh, and yeah. that's when the ideas start tumbling out. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think. Um, I've had I've had this one story that has just been. It's never it's never gone anywhere. Like I've had so many artists on this project. <laughs> I think I think it's had seven artists, and it's it's been revised. It was the first script that I wrote actually, and mm-hmm. I I'm still stuck that I think I think it's a good idea, and I rewrote it for this guy named Andrew McLean. He's a super talented artist in New York, and I met him at the New York Comic Con. And we, we, I, he basically sent me some sketches of the characters. And the original idea was it was set in Brazil, and it was this kind of weird supernatural story. And but then he sent me these sketches of like this kind of like '80s greaser who looked like he might grow, like be in like some small town in Texas. So I totally rewrote the story to to fit the art. Um, and I, we've been pitching it around, and I just I can't seem to get traction on it. But I think that might be one of those things where it's like every time I revisit it, it's I feel it gets a little bit better, it gets a little bit tighter. And yeah. uh, I still believe in it. Nobody else seems to. But I'm like, <laughs> one of these days, and I'll be like, I will make this work. I think we'll go ahead and stop taking, a, taking up right. your time. And I really appreciate you stopping by and, and sitting down to chat with us. No problem. Uh, I appreciate thank it. Thank you very much. Hopefully, uh, we can get to see. I really want to see Debris. Debris, oh, yeah. Debris, yeah. Debris and Grim Leaper, I'm really looking forward to. So Thank you so uh, much. That's thank awesome. Thank you. So. Have a great rest of your weekend. All Have right. a safe, safe trip back to back to Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan, yeah. Nice. I'm, but I'm moving to Vancouver. Oh, really? Yeah. So nice. get get out of the the frozen hell of Saskatchewan. Wow.
I, I, it's not exactly. You don't, you don't have a Canadian there, you know. accent at all. I, I, really? I mean, usually it's I can. It's because I, I, it I haven't said pastor or drama yet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, there you go. No, there usually, usually the test is uh, about. There, there's a mouse in my house, and I gotta get him out. There's a mouse in my house, and I gotta get him out. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not there. Out, nice. Out is a little, yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Awesome. Right, thanks a lot, guys. <laughs>